Hello, this is Coach Tim Campbell, and I'm your host for the Self Made is a Myth, Make a Difference Together show, where we're talking with successful business owners to hear about their story to uh, building a successful business. And because we know that business is not something that we can do on our own, we're taking time to recognize the folks who have helped us along the way to excel. I'm excited to have a fellow business owner with me from Indiana today. My guest, uh, check this out, got to drive a race car, an official race car on the Sebring International Raceway with no speed restrictions. And he hit speeds of over 150 miles an hour. In his downtime, he enjoys fishing and yard work. And he's most proud of his wonderful family, who we will have him tell us about here in a minute. It is my pleasure to welcome Steve to the show today. Hello, Steve. Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me. It is my pleasure. Well, let's start with having you um, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit of your personal story, like where you were born, where you live, and about your family. Okay. Well, I was born down here in southern Indiana, a little town called Salem. Um, in referencing it, uh, if you look for Louisville, Kentucky on a map, go about oh, 35 miles north of there, that's where you'll find us. Out in a little bitty area there, grew up here, went to high school here. Um, the only time I actually have been away was a couple years for, you know, first jobs and things. But otherwise, I, my wife and I moved back here and uh, have used this as the base over the years at times having to drive different areas to different areas for jobs but when it came time for me to start my own business i said i'm going to do it in my hometown and do it as part of that and uh and started from there um married to my wonderful wife christina we've been married almost 40 years now oh, congratulations yeah yeah we've made it that far um <laughs> we have uh, three wonderful children uh benjamin chelsea and adam all married and have five wonderful grandchildren oh, four wow. boys and one girl so it's uh, definitely a fun time when we all get together. Wonderful. Well, hey, Steve, um, if you're willing, I'd love to hear a funny story that your family likes to tell about you that uh, you would share with us today. Oh, Lord, what would that one be? A funny story about myself that they would share. Oh, I guess it's how, you know, I, I can always think of a couple times when We've gotten together, both just the immediate family and extended family together. And, you know, you put a lot of work into it. And next thing you know, I'm asleep in my chair. <laughs> now, all the noise going around us and everything. And I fall asleep. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Steve, tell us about how the business came about. And at what point did you have the confidence that you could run your own business? Well, like anybody who... You know, being in a CPA firm, you you always think about in public accounting at some point you're going to become a part of an ownership group or have your own. So it was always in the back of my mind one when I started into this profession, at some point I was possibly going to look at that. I did play around for a while working in the corporate area and the accounting functions and just did not find that to be very satisfying to myself. Um, so. In about 1995, I started playing a little bit more with the idea. Um, basically, you know, when we got into the mid-90s and stuff, we had a lot of, there was a lot of leverage buyouts. There's a lot of turmoil in, in the business area. So I, I had been downsized a few times and went through a lot of different things. So in 96, I said, I've had enough. 
you know, it's time for me to step out. And if I'm going to make this, this is the time for me to do it. Um, I really, I started what some people would say would be a very bad time of the year, but I started like in May of that year after tax season. <laughs> Basically, I started out with a computer, some software and a desk in the basement of my home. Uh-huh. Uh, made up some flyers and got some business cards. And I just started going around and knocking on business doors, just handing them a card, telling them what I did. You know, do you have a question you'd like to ask? And, you know, I'd appreciate your business. And within a couple months, we had picked up some business clients doing that. Uh, in fact, done so well that by December of that year, I was actually able to move out of the house into a small little building in here in Salem to start doing tax returns and things, which is at that point, that's what most people thought CPAs were. Sure. And I started, that started growing. That part of the business grew. Uh, we did very well there. Uh, a couple of years later, there was a, a tax prep business here in town that was tied to a title company mm -hmm. and they wanted to get out of the tax prep business so they came and talked to me and i basically i bought them out over yeah. a period of time uh, but that precipitated i went from doing like 150 returns a year to 1200 returns <laughs> this was before online filing or anything else so if you wanted to electronically file your return you had to take it to somebody and it was a lot of those small, simple little returns, which do, do not exist in our, our my world now. Sure. Sure. So, but that also meant I needed a bigger office. So again, I found another office a couple blocks away from where I was. I uh, had to renovate it and moved into it. Was there for about seven, eight years. Uh, there was only one other CPA in town, a uh, sole practitioner. And about that time he came to me and said, you know, I really want to retire. I'd like to sell to you. So we worked out and I, I bought his business and this was about 2005, 2006. Mm -hmm. I purchased his business, uh, moved into his location here in town. Uh, that added, that about doubled my number of clients at that point. And at that point, you know, we're still saying, you know, most people thought a CPA was, that was on his own was a tax person. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, they were correct. But I don't know, for some reason, I started seeing that this was not going to be a sustainable model. I started seeing, okay, the IRS is starting to make more inroads to online filing and things. And the how tax returns are going to be viewed is going to change. And it's almost going to become, for the most part, a lot of the tax returns are going to be more like a commodity, mm. you know. Very simple. They're going to be do most of them online. A CPA is going to be, you know, kind of pushed out. So I started looking at changing my business model to be more business services oriented. And it's taken several years to develop that model. But, you know, it basically comes down to, you know, we're going to provide the accounting, the bill payment, invoicing, after the fact processing, payroll, services that a lot of businesses would do in-house. Mm but don't want to or find that it takes That's too true. much time. Yes. They're not doing it well. They, so they're not doing <laughs> it right. Right. <laughs> um, you know, in, in that respect to take those basic services, but then also become more than that. Um, what I mean by that is, you know, everybody can do that. I mean, anybody who has some background can do those functions, but I needed to distinguish myself more from those types so that's where I realized 
um, knowledge and consulting and coaching became the big thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a full staff. I have I have six other staff members here in my office, and their full time functions is nothing but those basic transactional jobs. Sure. My job as the business owner and my and my purpose with my clients is to be there to help them strategically plan to answer questions, to help them develop their businesses and grow that business. So by having all that data in front of them, um, in front of me, in a timely manner, we're able to address a lot of concerns, a lot of thoughts and planning in that respect over the years. So, you know, I look back over my career and I have a very, I have pretty varied uh, industries. I've been in a lot of my time was in the banking industry. I've spent a lot of time uh, anywhere from small little community banks up to multi-billion-dollar banks and audit functions, loan reviews, all sorts of things. Um, been through quite a bit in management with, when I was dabbling in the corporate side. So I, I started using that knowledge of that stuff because. As much as we have changed, the basics have still stayed the same in business. Right. Yes. And a lot of people go into business, especially this new business owners. They go in there because they have a specialty skill or something, yep. but they have this issue with the business side of the business. Sure. Yep. And one of the things we try to do is say, look, we take away those mundane, non-profitable services yeah. that you're not good with. And yeah. that's not the reason you went into business. Right. We're going to give you time back to put you back to where you want to be in business. Yeah. And uh, that's that's what we have done. And so now over the years, we've grown into what we now call ourselves a business advisory firm. Okay. That does business services. So that is the major emphasis of our firm now is to work with those clients over the years and uh, help them develop. We've taken a lot of one man shops and help them develop into, you know, multi-employee situations, sure. you know, and, and our discussions are not always about a fa finance and accounting. It's, it's um, maybe deals with marketing or something on their personal side. Cause that's the one thing we also do is we take a holistic view of not only the business, but their personal and realize how tied together these are. And so the decision-making sometimes is, it's a more of a balance between needs. Yes. <laughs> you know, there. You, if you just want to concentrate on one thing, like a business need, okay, but what about that impact upon something else in your life? Sure. And that's where I feel like I come in is to try and balance those needs out. Wonderful. Is where we're, is what we do. So that that's a, the big, big emphasis for, you know, where we've come from, you know, starting with that, aspect of okay we did you know x amount of tax returns in the year and the profitability we made on that that's what we live off for the rest of the year yes we're now to the point where hey we now have a large amount of reoccurring revenue every month mm -hmm. we are profitable every month of the year we're just extra profitable in the tax season months <laughs> yes <laughs> awesome so steve i appreciate you sharing that with me tell us a, a story or share a story where someone pushed you or inspired you that you could do it, even though maybe you didn't think you could and the impact that that person had on you? Well, I'm going to think back to when I started. Um, I've been in the business for, for probably 10, 12 years here. And I was kind of hitting one of those walls. It was kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of fed up for where I'm at, what we're doing. 
Um, I happened to started trying to figure out a little bit more how to develop this advisory mm. business side. And I happened to pick up a book uh, from a gentleman here, a CPA in Indiana. Uh, his name is Darren Root. And he, owned, he owns the CPA firm in Bloomington. But he also owns an advisory company called Root Works. And he originally wrote a, a book. He co-wrote a book uh, and things with a gentleman. And I read that book. And when I read the book, the light came on. And at that point, he started laying out the game plan for how this ought to be working. You know, how is it that I don't have to be working until midnight on April 15th? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm out of here. April 15th, I'm out of here by five o'clock. Mm. You know, I'm done. Um, I'm wrapping up early. I'm doing things like this. And it was all laid out in his book, the, the philosophy behind it. And at that point, I knew I can do this. Mm. This is this is a very doable thing. It is going to cause some pain. Sure. But change doesn't come without pain. Yeah. And so Darren was a very influential for several years on me in making that transition and actually developing the business model that I have now. Fantastic. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So Steve, what's been your biggest learning um, over the years as a business owner? I will definitely say that the biggest learning thing that I have come about, especially over the last 10, 12 years is I can't do this alone. Mm. You know, I, I tried that deal. You know, I thought a lot <laughs> in the beginning. I knew everything. I can do it all. I don't need a lot of help. <laughs> but just as I'm telling my clients now, um, you do need that outside eye set of eyes. Yeah. You need that person who's got, you know, a different mindset or he can look at your business in a little different manner or help lead you down that you know, at least help you find the right path to go. Sure. You know, many, many companies will have advisory boards. Mm -hmm. uh, you might have a mentor, but I really wish I had come upon this uh, idea earlier on in my career and I probably would have been even more successful. Mm. But just knowing I have these friends and people uh, that I can go to and talk to and get feedback from, bounce ideas off of, or just listen to them talk about their business with an open mind has been very transforming for me. Yeah. So I would definitely say that's probably the biggest thing that I have learned in the in business, you know, so far. That's fantastic. I, I I was laughing a little bit because I, it just reminds me of I can be working with my clients on a similar topic all week. And then I'm, I meet with my coach and she points the same thing out for me. And mm -hmm. it's like, damn it, if I could just, you know, see it in my own business, the way I can see it in my client's business, you know, I'd save a whole lot of money. But, it, you know, it's mm -hmm. it's just as easy for me to get stuck in the weeds of my business as it is for you know, every business owner to get stuck in the weeds. So yeah, it's very helpful to have that outside perspective and second set of eyes and somebody to be poking around in the details and asking, asking us questions of things that, uh, you know, we may not even be thinking about through, you know, in that, in that way or that perspective. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's what good coaches do for you. Mentors or whatever, you know, they just, they just bring into that, a little bit sometimes makes you squirm a little yes. bit, which is good, <laughs> you know. And just like you said, you know, we we don't always follow the advice we give out. 
Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, we don't prioritize appropriately as a business owner and, and coach, which the first person we should be answering to in a case like that is ourselves. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you right there. Steve, we know that business success doesn't happen in isolation. So, um, tell us about, uh, one of your biggest challenges over the years and maybe a, a fellow business owner who came alongside you, helped you through that. Well, you know, I think um, one of the biggest challenges I've had with all the we're trying to rebuild this company into the advisory side is to get the actual clients to think of me as being more than just a tax person. Sure. You know, that's what a lot of people that's what most people grew up thinking of. Yeah, that's what they still somewhat associate with. Um, So I have to educate them into why. Do I need somebody as an advisor? You know, why are you doing something more than just not giving me an annual tax return? You know, what value do you bring to me uh, as a business owner if I do bring you on? What are you going to do for me? Mm. And teach and, you know, educate them. So a lot of my marketing has to go towards just that type of deal. Sure. You know, why do you need a CPA? Why do you need more of a CPA advisor type person in your business and things? So that's been one of the biggest struggles that I've had to deal with over, especially the last five to 10 years. Sure. Yeah. Is that that issue right there? Yeah. And did you have the fortunate benefit of having somebody that helped you think through that and, and guide and direct you through that? Well, I think, again, you know, as I mentioned Darren Root earlier and his his group, you know, I was already part of it back about five, six years ago. And to have there, we also in that group were able to have group discussions. Mm. So to be able to log into, you know, a bulletin board discussion group and be able to to ask these questions or call up a group and or someone, you know, within that group that you've met through, you know, a conference or something has been, you know, that's been probably one of the biggest things that's helped me out. Yeah. Is that right there? Yeah, that's been, you know, one gentleman that helped me learn to stand up really and think of myself more than what the, than I am is a gentleman by the name of Bob Jennings. Uh, He is a CPA here in Indiana. Uh, he runs a, uh, a CPE continuing professional education company. I've known Bob many years. He was actually him and his father, both were professors of mine in college. Okay. And, um, I've known him for many years and he, he is a very staunch supporter of small businesses and small, small firms. Mm -hmm. And just listening to him and how he encouraged you to take a stand to not, you know, allow, you know, to remind us as professionals that we are professionals yeah, yeah, and that yeah. we have value. That's been very important to me also throughout the years. Yeah, it can be, it can be easy to get into that, you know, that negative mindset of mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not providing enough value or right. I'm, I'm not, my clients don't believe that I'm worth what I'm charging and we can get into that, that negative spiral, right? Right. You can <laughs> You can't. And and that's, you know, it's great to hear the clients give you compliments. But as I've always, always, I have learned over the years, you'll get 10 times more complaints and you'll get compliments. Absolutely. Yep. And 
you don't want to listen to all that negativity, you know, because after a while you begin to believe it. Yeah. <laughs> and I've always heard the reverse that it takes 10 more compliments to offset the one negative. Mm. Yeah. So think about that. That's how damaging a negative thought can be to yeah. you is you've got to work 10 times harder to reverse that. Yes. And if we let that squirrel into our head and keep repeating it back to ourselves, it, it becomes devastating. So yes, mm -hmm. anytime we, we hear or, you know, find ourselves repeating negative thoughts in our mind, we've got to cut them off and replace them with a, a positive affirmation so that right. we don't have that ability to get in there and, and ruin, you know, the thing, the good things that we're doing. Yeah, that's very true. So Steve, if I asked you to pick three people in your business owner journey that have been there for you, that you're most grateful for the way that they've helped you with your business growth, who are those three people and how'd they help you? Well, first is Darren Root by um, showing me the way of how to build a business more as an advisory business. Mm -hmm. Bob Jennings for uh, just being the example of, you know, don't undersell yourself. You have value. We are a professional. And then third, um, a, a person who was very influential in, in a big growth portion of mine was a gentleman by the name of Ken Compton. Ken is a marketer located in the Southeast United States, and he basically specializes in one industry, which I was introduced to him through a mutual client. Um, and by getting in with Ken and his marketing, not only does he did marketing, but he also did coaching for business owners in this area. He knew that he didn't have anybody on board that he could refer accounting, payroll, business, more business management questions to. So we developed a relationship there. And within a three year period, I, I basically doubled, tripled my advisory business, having a relationship with him. Yeah. And that's where I went from being located in this small little town in Southern Indiana, 6,500 people to the point now we have clients in 20 states. Oh, wow. And, and we have clients, you know, I'm coast to coast. I have a client in Boston, Massachusetts. I got a client all the way out in Lake Tahoe, California, uh-huh. you know, from Minneapolis, Minnesota to Houston, Texas. We have them scattered all over there. So, and a lot of it was dealing with the aspect that Ken brought us on at that point to, you know, help out his clients and things. And we've moved from there. Fantastic. Oh, that's wonderful. I, part, strategic partnerships and alliances are so important. They um, are. Because like you said earlier, we, we don't do everything, right? And so, and, or we don't do everything well. So finding people who do, you know, specific things really well and, bringing them in to help our business is much more effective than us trying to do everything only okay. <laughs> well, you know, and it's like in this special industry, which I was talking about with Mr. Compton, you know, the, the actual businesses that it's, you know, they would provide one service, but there was so many other services that needed to go along with it. The business owner couldn't do them all. So yeah. as I encouraged them, you need to make that strategic alliance with another business that does that, lets you become the head and set all the appointments and manage all that. You just call up the other person and say, I got you this appointment. I need you here yeah. at this time to do this. And you build, you build a great business. Yeah. Love it. And you're not doing everything. Right. Yeah. 
you know. Steve, as you think about the next three to five years, what are the biggest challenges that you see um, that will be in front of you as you uh, work towards your goals? And who are the types of people that you'll need to help you solve those challenges? Well, the accounting profession, tax prep, all this advisory has really been turned upside down a lot by technology over the last 10 years. Mm. Uh, you know, we have went from, you know, still some data manual input and things to now with, uh, with bots and artificial intelligence. And I think those areas are going to be the biggest thing that's going to be growing a lot over the next year, uh, next few years it is especially artificial intelligence and things in that respect. We're going to see that type of uh, taking over. So again, it's going to become, okay, those base services of, you know, transaction, all your transactional activity, whether it's bill payment, invoicing, how much more is technology going to take over that aspect for us? How, how little of a human input are we going to have? Sure. That's going to be a big challenge right there. Um, and what, who am I going to be looking for for things like that? I'm going to be really, you know, I have to both look inside and outside. You know, I'm like every other business person right now. We're struggling with the inside resources of, of labor and capital. Right. You know, so when when that is restrictive and you're still trying to meet this goal, that means you have to look to the outside. Yeah. So, so I'm going to be looking for outside vendors that, you know, are in, in line more with with what my business is, what I am trying to accomplish and my goals and things in a manner that I am, I am, you know, um, comfortable with, mm -hmm. you know, I can pick a technology. You can always pick a technology and use it, but does it align with you and who you are and how you really want to do business? Right. How much do you have to give up or change to use that technology sometimes is, is, we don't think about that, mm -hmm. but you know, if, if the market changes and I get more inside, you know, resources, then, okay, I'm good. I can, I can, I can hire good, knowledgeable thinking people. Um, and I don't always hire, you know, they're not accounting professionals or CPAs, you know, for, for a lot of the work that we do, I just need good, solid, common sense thinking workers. Sure. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> That's what I need. That's the people I want. I mean, I can train them. I can build them up. I can teach them new skills and things and make them better employees for that fact. Yeah. And that's, that's what I look for. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's struggling with, uh, with mm. finding people right now, aren't they? And it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's been a challenge for a lot of people as they're, they're looking to grow But To your point, we've, we, you know, there's, there's ways to become more efficient and effective with the folks that we have so that, you know, we're, we, we get better with the resources we have and then um, find people that want to join our company because we're an awesome company to work for there. You know, there's mm -hmm. ways to, those, right. there, there are ways to overcome the challenges. They're just, it's not as easy as it used to be. No, that's very true. That is very true. And, and that can be um, one of those things that will, that or could, limit the growth of a company yeah you know absolutely because yeah. you know, there's not a finite amount of workers out there right you know we're only going to be able to grow as much as our resources allow us to yeah. 
So Steve, um, Jim Rohn, one of my favorite authors says, we become the average of the five people we spend the most time with. (laughs) As you think about that, um, what advice would you have for business owners who are trying to do it on their own? Don't. (laughs) No, literally don't. I mean, think about how much time you put into uh, non-productive have to do work in your business. Mm. Now you go like, well, that's going to cost me several hundred or a thousand dollars a month to replace that. Okay. Look, if I can give you eight more hours in a month, what can you do with that to make money? How much money can you make if I give you one more day a month or one more day a week? Yeah. You know, okay. So if it's going to cost you a couple thousand dollars a month to get all your work, you know, to outsource it. But what if you can take that and make another twenty or thirty thousand right? dollars? Yes. <laughs> okay. Now, I think that's a pretty good return on investment. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, and and people don't think about. It. They always think about the outcome. Yep. Okay. They need to think about the opportunity that you may be missing, yeah. and that goes. So you have to think about opportunities, and, and we made the comment earlier about strategic partners. You know, don't be afraid to bring an opportunity of a strategic partner in to help expand your business to some extent. Mm. Okay. If it is something you need to do in your business to grow, then you either do one of two things. You either do it in-house or you outsource it. Right. If you can't do it in-house, outsource it. Yep. You know, but if it's that important, you're going to find a way to do it. Yeah. So opportunities, both internally and externally, you know, don't just always concentrate on the immediate in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like what you're saying about, you know, what's the cost benefit. So just to give, you know, numbers for folks listening as a, you know, a simple example, if, you know, if it's going to cost $50 to outsource it, but, you know, you're worth $250 to your company, right? Mm-hmm. Every hour you free up, right? You're, you're making a significant return on investment by, outsourcing those $50 an hour jobs, right? Right. You know, in the professional services, and we have worked away from this, but when I first started in this profession, we had to keep a timesheet every day and we had to record on there all the time that we worked on a particular client, mm-hmm. what we did and things, because we were billing by the hour. Right. And one of the factors that they looked at to have, you know, management looked at under us, you know, those who worked in the office was how much of your time was billable? Yeah. You know, how much time are you, are, are you effectively being to generate income for this business? Right. And things. And when you think about it in that respect, then it's like, okay, you know, the more I can have as a billable, effective person, mm-hmm. then the more money I'll make. Yeah. Yeah. And to take that another step, and you mentioned this earlier, is so it can be, you know, billable hours or working on the business hours, right? Which is more mm-hmm. long-term strategic, right? Figuring out what's the next version of the company and what's the next big opportunity that you're chasing after, and you know, things that are going to have significant impact on the business versus, you know, head down, you know, calculating numbers or, you know, cross-checking a spreadsheet or again, things that can be, can and should be delegated or outsourced. 
Right. And, and that's, again, that was an, uh, that's an opportunity thing because as you grow your business, you will find that you, the business owner become less and less involved in the day-to-day stuff. So you become almost more of an overhead piece mm-hmm. than you do a profitability centerpiece. Right. And things. And when you do have a profitability, then, but when you do have those opportunities to generate income, it's at a very high level and a high rate. Yes. So yeah. you have to look at that as the opportunity that, you know, you're going to build this business. And as you probably tell your clients and I tell mine, you know, we're trying to get this, you know, we talk about what is a business. As I tell my clients, I want to get you past a business into an enterprise that is going to run without you. Yeah. You know, I just got back from a 16 day vacation to Alaska. I went there and was, I was able to go there because I had the right people in place. Yes. We had everybody trained. I was able to walk out the store. Yeah. I mean, my cell phone, I got dinged every, you know, maybe once a day or something with a question, but I was able to walk out the store and the business ran just fine. Yeah. Congratulations. You know? That's awesome. Yeah. That's what, you, that's <laughs> what you want as a business owner. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, and, and to elaborate on that, you touched on it already, but you know, we say that you're not you're not even a business owner until you can walk away for three months. Mm-hmm. Right? And bef- other than that, you've just bought yourself a job, right? You're self-employed yeah. and you're trading your time for money. And right, if you don't show up to work, you don't get paid. So the goal is, right, is to put these best practices in place and mm-hmm. and build a business that, you know, is able to run without you so that you are truly a business owner right? Not just self-employed. And then, you know, continue to, to go from there in terms of, you know, then focusing on wealth creation and right. And yeah. You know, I use, um, I take that to the, to the end. And so I have clients that ask me, says, what is the perfect picture of when I sell this business? Mm. I said, okay, here's how it works. I said, your last day, the last hour, you get a box, you put all your personal possessions in it. You clean your desk out. You say your goodbyes. You take your name tag off the door. You put it in the box and you walk out the back door. <laughs> the next day, the new guy comes in with his box of stuff. He sits down at the desk that you sit at. He puts the name plate on. He puts all of his personal stuff out. But guess what? The business continued to run as if it yes. did yesterday. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. That's that's a true enterprise and sale. Yeah. You know, that's the way you want it to be. It's running that well. Yeah. And for everyone listening, you will make a whole lot more when you sell it. If it runs without you, than if you're the only reason it works. And you are correct. Yes. (laughs) A a lot of businesses, if it doesn't run without you, you can't even sell it. So you can't even sell the phone number hardly, (laughs) you know, I mean, I have bought a couple of firms and things in our area. And, um, you know, there are factors that we look into when we look at trying to set a price. And there are some of these services now that don't even generate a a dollar for dollar. Because we know it's so tied to the individual that our chance of keeping the base. Yeah. Is less than 70, you know, we're not, we may keep 75% after two years. Right. We may keep something less than that. Yep. We're not even keeping it hardly long enough to pay us back for what we paid for the business. Yep. You yep. know, 
So yeah, a lot, you have a to lot get of folks there. have that have that rude awakening when they go to sell and they realize it's not it's not worth anything, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason why I hate to say it, but you see guys who are in their seventies and eighties that are still working uh, because. Well, one, of course, they love to work or else they just don't know any better. Yeah. <laughs> and two, there's they have nothing to, to sell. Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe a pickup truck and a, and some tools. And those aren't going to be worth a whole lot. Right. Yeah. So, Steve, last question here. If there was something catastrophic that happened in the business, who's the first person you'd call and what would you want from them? Well, that depends on what the c catastrophe is, you know. Sure. Um, you know. Data loss or data breach would definitely be my IT company. Uh -huh. um, that that right there is probably one of the most um, worst catastrophes we could have. Um, you know, when it comes, you know, to have, say, if I lost, uh, something happened and then we lost, uh, you know, um, the tornado hit hit the building luckily let's say no one was there and then it would be more like okay again first call is going to be to my it company because we're set up to work remotely uh -huh. so you know get everybody up and back up and running as soon as possible yeah. um if i did lose you know something happened i lost say half of my employees in 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 a, a time frame it's going to be like okay first thing is going to be meeting with the staff just getting them back on board making them feel comfortable but then it would be okay I'm going to call up, um, I'm probably going to call a good friend of mine, uh, kind of one of my mentors and just, just check in with him and let him know what's going on, yeah. get his feedback and, um, his assistance to, to start developing the plan to go forward. Yeah. Uh, his name's Vern Eswine and he's, he's been very good with me in that, in that area. So I would probably give Vern a good, a call, you know, in a catastrophe like that uh you know to to help just nothing else just to calm me down yeah you know yeah we don't want to admit it but you know sometimes we need that just person that we can call to and and bounce off and then we feel better when we're done yeah it's it can be very lonely at the top so you yes. know again back to what we were saying earlier is don't do it on your own because you know the the reason I ask this question is for folks listening is you want to have that go-to person right because mm -hmm. You know, business is a little bit of a roller coaster ride. So you need to have that person you can reach out to and and share, right? Whatever's on your mind and know that the person's gonna talk you off the ledge and right and help you work through it. I'm I'm giggling at that because as part of our advisory services, we actually I actually get into that point with a lot of clients. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've been getting those phone calls, I've been getting those emails here the last month or two from clients as the economy and things are changing the housing market is changing uh things like that so we're we're getting those phone calls and that's what i i think if we uh, want to be coaches or advisors or mentors that's really what we want we want we want the people to feel comfortable enough they're going to call us to say you know hey i got a problem i need to think it through with somebody you're my first go-to person yeah okay cool then that tells me i've done my job Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, Steve, it sounds like you've been blessed with some incredible people who have helped you along your journey. If they were all here on the show today, what would you want to say to them? Guys, thanks.
you know, uh, you have all been wonderful people who in your own way have touched my life, have um, helped guide me, uh, give me support when I've needed it. Uh, and I really do appreciate, even though I've never said it and, and I never say it enough, we never say it enough. You are so appreciated for what you have done in the past. I look forward to the future and things. And I welcome you both as mentors, uh, colleagues and friends. Fantastic. I love that. So touching. Um, Steve, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm glad to give a shout out to those people who have helped me so much. Fantastic. To everyone who tuned in, thanks for listening to the Self Made is a Myth show with your host, Coach Tim Campbell. Be sure to help us spread this movement by liking the show and posting about it on your social media. And to join our movement, go to BeMadTogether.com. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Make sure to pay it forward, and I'll see you all next time. Take care.